All right, welcome everyone. We're here with Dan Locke, who is a businessman, investor, entrepreneur, and a business coach. And we're here today talking to him about education, what's possible for education, and what he thinks could be included in education to help kids achieve more and become the best they can be. So thanks for being with me today, Dan. Thank you, Ryan. All right, so my first question uh, for you is, what was your education like, and where did you go to school? Well, I came to Canada when I was 14 years old, uh, and at the time, because my mom and dad had some issues, uh, unfortunately at the time my dad had an affair, so my mom decided that she didn't want to stay in a relationship, and that's why we immigrated to Canada. Uh, I was born in Hong Kong. Okay. So when I first came here, I went to, of course, ESL school, English as a second language. I went to those schools for a while, and then I went to high school, and I went to a school in Surrey called Gifford Park. Okay. And at the time, I was one of the only three Chinese uh, in my school. And unfortunately, uh, the, the kids at the school, they were, they were, they were not very nice. Okay. Okay, they teased me, they, they made fun of me, made fun of my accent. Maybe for not doing what I look, uh, uh, they beat me up a couple times. Uh, people talk about bowling issues in school. Well, it is true. Yeah, it happens. And uh, so at the time going through high school, so I was a loner all the way through high school. Didn't have a lot of friends. And so growing up, I didn't have a lot of self-confidence. Growing up, I didn't have uh, a lot, not high self-esteem, had very low self-esteem. And didn't like school that much because of the experience. So I would skip classes and I would barely pass all my courses, like kind of a C, C minus student. Okay. Uh, but because of my mom, so I had to kind of stay through the school then to a point where then I went to college. I went to Douglas College. What were you uh, taking? Uh, different courses, uh, business, general business. Okay. And, but at the time I was already starting my own business and my own companies. So then I thought to myself, well, I'm going to school learning business or I'm doing business. I still remember um, there was a instructor, professor in the business class. I would challenge him all the time because he was talking about stuff from textbook and I would challenge him, well, how do you know this stuff works? How do you know this is how business works? Right. Well, it doesn't matter. You, you study the book, you pass the grades. But from my point of view, well, have you started a business? Do you know what it's like to, to run a business? Which, of course, he, he hasn't. Right. Uh, and it's a big problem for me. So we always have this conflict. Of course, he didn't like me so much and, and fail. And then finally, I just thought, well, you know what? This is not for me. Maybe it's for other people, not for me. So I just dropped out of college. I think, uh, to me, like what is important about that is, is experience, mm -hmm. right? And that the education that this professor was trying to give you was not Correct. from his experience. Correct. Right, And I think that that's, that's one thing that I feel education could improve on. And a lot of the, the school system, what they teach, it's out of date. Right. Okay, they're teaching stuff from five, ten years ago. Uh, it's not stuff from the, the real world. After being, being in business for so many years, uh, in fact, I believe if you actually study the, the stuff, from, stuff from school, on business, on marketing, when you go out to the real world, just to do the opposite, and you do very well. Okay. <laughs> Use it as a reverse role model. 
use a reverse blueprint. Do you mind giving us an example? Because I can't imagine what that would be. Well, example, like. they talk about you know, getting, uh, example, financing a business, getting loans from the banks, getting uh, money and, and raising money. Well, if you're as an entrepreneur, if you ever try to raise money with no background, no experience, nothing, well, try to go to the bank. How the bank system works is this. They loan you money when you don't need money. Right. Okay. Yeah, they, when, kind of when it's raining, then they give you the umbrella. You know, they don't give you the umbrella. When it's sunny, they give you the umbrella. So it's the same thing. When I was getting started, young guy, and I went to the bank, I said, I want to start my own business. Can you loan me some money? They say, you crazy? Of course, no way in hell I'm going to loan you any money. But when you have money, guess what do they do now today? Calling me and say, hey, Dan, do you need a, <laughs> a, a, a bigger line of credit? Uh, do you need a new mortgage? Do you right. need all that? When you don't need the money, then they want to loan you some. It's exactly how it works. Okay. But the school system, it doesn't teach you that. It doesn't teach you how to deal the the, the stress you're gonna have, the the pressure you're gonna have to deal with, uh, the headaches, the hassle, the inconvenience, the setback, the rejection you're gonna experience as a businessman, as an entrepreneur. They don't talk about any of that stuff. Yeah. When that's the most important things, those most important things we have to master as an entrepreneur, how to face obstacles. Yeah. Years ago, my, my, my business mentor, we were having a conversation and he asked me the question. He said, Dan, what do you think is the number one characteristic of an entrepreneur? The most important characteristic of an entrepreneur. And I said, well, I guess intelligence, it could be uh, experience, expertise, contacts, whatever. I said a whole bunch of answers. And he said, well, all those are important. But he said the number one characteristic of a successful entrepreneur is this, is the ability to endure pain for a long period of time the ability to endure pain for a long period of time. I thought to myself, wow, how true is that? That most entrepreneurs, we, people look at me as, oh, I'm the overnight success. Well, keep in mind, I started my first company when I was in high school. Yeah. And I failed at 13 businesses having my first success. So if you say it's an overnight success, well, it's more like a 10 year, overnight success. That's right. But when you're successful, nobody looks at that. Nobody talks about your failure. Everybody talks about your success. In fact, nobody remembers your failure. They only talk about your success. So I think the school system, I mean, think, very simple. Let me give you an example, Ryan. In school, if we are taking an exam and you're sitting next to me and I'm writing it down and I'm taking my exam and I don't know the answers, and I, hey, Ryan, Show me the answer. What, what, what do you think is this, this, the answer to this question to be? It's called what? Cheating. It's called, right? Guess what? In the, in the business world, that's called teamwork. Yeah. Okay. So in the business world, we are, we learn from our mistakes. But in school, we punish students for making mistakes. Right. But in business, it's all about, hey, you know what? Let's get this product to the marketplace. Let's fail fast. Let's test it out. Let's, if it doesn't work, Let's not waste our time. Let's move forward. It's it's about failing fast. Right. In school, we pun they, they, the school system punishes students for making mistakes. So guess what? When they go out to the real world, 
oh, I don't want to make mistakes. Yeah. I, I don't want to screw this up. Then they stop, they stop progress and they stop learning new things. Would you say that that is kind of characteristic of what you might consider like the employee mentality? Yes, versus well, the, the entire, I mean, you can talk about the history of the school system, which how that all started. It's basically a, a group of wealthy individuals and you notice why they donate to all this library and all that. If you actually study school history, how that whole system came about, it's all these uh, uh, industrialists, all these tycoons. Right. Wanting to make workers. That's correct. Yeah. They want to, hey, you know, guys, we need some workers, man. Well, let's donate some school. Let's, let's produce, like an like assembly line. Let's produce some workers. Let's make sure we educate them not to be like us. We don't want to encourage entrepreneurship. We want them to, you know, be programming conditioned. They have to save secure job, have the safety net. Then let's sell them on the idea of the 40-year plan, the 45-year plan. That they work until 65 and then they retire and then we give them the retirement. And then so we have steady workers, laborers working for us. Right. That's how it came about. It's very, very simple. It's a group of guys, wealthy individuals saying, hey, Let's do this. Yeah. That's how. So, why would the school system encourage you to take risk? Why would the school system to encourage you to think outside the box? That's not the intention. Not at all. Well, I like that. I mean, that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty truthful message. Yes. I think that's going to be a pretty big message for some people. All right. So, I guess my next question that I had here was what do you see as the purpose of education then? I think the, the purpose of education, because I believe all types of knowledge ultimately leads to self-knowledge, is to understand yourself. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What is your purpose? What, what kind of value are you here to contribute to the world? Not just make a living. Not just make a living. I think the education system should teach students and individuals realize, hey, what are, what are our gifts? How can we make the world a better place? How can we deliver mar uh, value to the marketplace? How can we be the best that we could be? Not just academically, because right now, again, the school system, if you're not good with memorizing things, if you're not good at math, oh, then you're a bad student. But now there's so many research out there, people can Google on the internet, there's so many different forms of intelligence. Not everybody's meant to do just be an accountant yeah. or be a lawyer. What if the person has talents to be a dancer, to be an athlete, to be a singer, to be an inventor, to be whatever. But now we just think of, again, still the school system is still, okay, one form of intelligence. When we know for a fact there's so many forms of intelligence, but how come we don't nurture those? Right. How come we don't encourage students to develop those skills and talents? Again, it goes back to the original idea of yeah. the school system. And people recognize that, and people, I believe, they're changing that. On the YouTube now, you have the, the Kang University, of course. Yeah. Okay, it's, that's why it's like exploding. People say, you know what? There, it's a better way to learn. There's a faster way to learn. There's a more effective way to learn. There's a more, uh, a, a more fun way to learn. And people recognizing that. Also, more people are now doing homeschooling because that's they don't right. want their kids to be poisoned by the whole school system. They want, you know what, I'm going to take care of my own kids' education. I'm going to teach them, yeah, learn how to write, learn how to speak, learn the basics, 
but the important education, I'm going to educate my kids, what they need to learn to survive and prosper in the real world. I love, I like that. So getting back, I guess, a little bit to, to your experience in the mm -hmm. school system, how do you think that the school system helped you, and how do you think it hindered you? I think it hindered me more than it helped me. <laughs> well, but I didn't stay in the system too long. Right. Uh, and is even back when I was in school, I, mean, I learned how to write and then how to, you know, the basic, yeah. how to calculate one plus one and all that. It's all good. Uh, but quite frankly, a lot of stuff that I learned, unless you want to be a scientist or anything, chemistry classes, calculus classes, I don't use those things. That's right. 95% of what we learn, we don't use. So f from my own experience, I actually learned, developed my skills and acquired knowledge through other forms, i.e. reading books, i.e. attending uh, educational workshops and seminars, right. uh, learning from just talking to people, talking to successful people, uh, learning from my personal mentors. I found those are better ways to learn. I'm not a guy that likes to sit in a classroom and, and this professor lectures for two hours and I'm trying to stay awake and I'm just falling asleep. I, I can't learn that way. And, and that's also why and you've been to you know, my workshops. And I like to be interactive. I like to make yeah. it fun. I like people to be engaged. I like people to think of their own answers. Right. I like, like them to participate. Right. So, uh, so as a speaker, uh, now as, as also a, a trainer, you could say, um, that's what I like to do. Because I believe people learn better through participation, through activity, through games, right. through interaction. Well, that's a perfect lead into my next question, which is that schools today usually use a lecture-style approach. Yes. How do you think that students need to be taught? I think it's through... To, instead of just giving them the answers, hey, you know, you should do this, and you do this, and you remember A, B, C, and D, but now we know there's so many possibilities. You know, what do you think? Let them interact. Let them come up with things. And what are the different things we can solve? What different ways we can solve this problem? And have them discuss. Have them brainstorm. Have them uh, play games. Have them engage with different activities. So instead of, example, Okay, well, here's how you build a company. Here's how you build a business. Textbook, okay, number one, you do this. Well, let's take them to a company. Let's visit a company. Let's, yeah. vi let's visit FedEx. Let's visit Microsoft. How do they do it? Talk to a, a senior manager. How do they, what are the day-to-day -day challenges? How do you see the, this company grow? And, and, and what works, what doesn't work? What are the biggest mistakes you made? I think they'll learn infinitely more that way through observations, through interaction, through questioning versus just here passively sitting there. Yep, yep, take notes, yep, yep. Don't get anything. Yeah. No. And it's not fun. No, it's not. No. Yeah, and then we do it for a long time. That's correct. Um, so if you could design a high school, mm. what subjects would you include? So many, I would include way more, uh, I think, communication skill, because I think we are not taught uh, at the end of the day, it's about connecting with people, interacting with people. So I think people's skills, I would uh, add on like communication classes, uh, public speaking classes, uh, because I was a very example, I was a very shy kind of kid. Now that's tough to imagine today, <laughs> but imagine back then when I went to high school, right. I had three, two, three friends, I was very shy because my English wasn't that good. And, and I was very isolated. 
but through then later on I joined Toastmasters, right. which then I learned how to speak to groups and, and develop my confidence. Then I could meet more people. I could, I could enjoy the conversations more. So through public speaking, that has helped all areas of my life. So, and you see how kids are nowadays, of course, more social media, yeah. digital age, and we all uh, almost get, a, get addicted to the technology. And I love my iPhone, don't <laughs> get me wrong, but we're so addicted to the technology that we don't connect with people anymore. And I think kids, teenagers nowadays, they're, they're losing that basic people skills. You know, it's, it's funny, sometimes I see people in, in, a, in a cafe, Two, three friends, like this. Yeah. They're facing book. They Facebook each other. They text each other. <laughs> right. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. Like, can't you? They, they, they can't even have a normal conversation anymore. They don't know how to have a normal conversation anymore. Uh, I think that's not healthy. Okay. That's also communication, public speaking. Um, I would definitely add some more uh, things on if I'm running on money, or how money works. Because I think it's a huge subject, and it's almost money in our society. It's labeled as a. It's like sex. It's not something to talk about. Yeah, that's right. Okay, it's a bad thing. There's a lot of values around it. There's a lot, of, a lot of yeah, negativity, negative association with that subject. That you, you don't talk about money. Well, guess what? Most people spend our entire lives working for money. Yeah. We have no clue how to manage it. We have no clue how to save it. We have no clue how to invest it. So how do we get information? on the subject of money, well, mostly it's from the media, which is, guess what? From the employee, right? Yeah, also control. The control, yeah. And, 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 yeah, basic control by all these companies, credit card companies, uh, any of these companies, spend money, get into debt. Yeah, every time, like, you hear on the news, like, that we need to boost the economy, it's always about going out spending spend more, money. Right? But they don't talk about, well, how do you create wealth? Yeah. How do you invest money? How do you manage your money properly? And that's why we have all these now, even the states, Canada, saying credit card problems, and, and even the government it's have, have debt issue. It's because of that attitude. Right. Uh, so I think money, uh, how the world works, business, but also some creativity, just like that's why I love uh, TED Talk. I love TED Talk yeah. because it gives you a different perspective. Hear from these great thought leaders and thinkers and, and leaders and, and genius. How do they view the world? And it could be on any subjects. Isn't it fascinating? It's amazing. They talk yeah. about all types of subjects, but just on human potential or any of these things. I think we need to be exposed to more of those. You know what? There's way more knowledge than just what you're seeing in a textbook. Yeah. This is so, it's just such a big world. Um, yeah, that's what I would add. And I would probably add some travel schedule that kids would go out there and, and travel more and see more things and meet different cultures of people. Okay. Not just being isolated in, in that little city and they don't know what the world is about. So I would do that, yeah. I just want to add one thing to your point about money and people being in debt is that I think that it creates a huge burden yes. for all these people, right? And then, and then there's more stress in their lives and we're not quite sure how to get out of our debts. And so I think a lot of people struggle with that for years. And, and they don't even know how to get out. Yeah. But guess who they learn it from? Most people, they, they, whatever habits they have, 
their money management habits. They got it from the school. Yeah. Uh, they got it from their parents. Yeah. So the parents, by say to the kids, hey kids, make sure you, it's just like from my mom, example. My mom you sometimes say to me, you know, when I was a kid, oh, Dan, finish the plate. You know, kids are starving in China or in India or in Africa. Finish a plate. You think money grows on trees? You know, money is the root of all evil. Right. All, all these negative associations. Well, when I found out after I, I grew up, that's not true. So just what if the data that's being 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 that's feeding to you by your parents, just what if it's not true? What if it's the wrong data? Maybe money is not, not the root of all evil. Maybe lack of money is the root of all evil. Uh, maybe maybe this money does grow on trees. Maybe money is good and not evil. Maybe uh, is not just thinking of, well, clean your plate. Well, that doesn't help nobody. But how can maybe actually do something to help the kids in Africa? How to help the kids in China? How right. to help the kids in India? It's a different type of mindset, different mentality. So since we're on the topic of money, would you tell us a little bit about what you think we should teach in a class on money more specifically? I think at first earning it, that's the first step. And there are many, many ways to earn it other than just getting a job. Yeah. There are many, many ways to earn it. So earning it is key. And then also then once you earn it, how do you keep it? It's one thing to make money is a whole different thing to, to, to keep it, to save it, to manage it. Then once you learn how to save, not save money, but manage your money properly. Meaning if uh, every dollar that comes in, maybe you put 10 cents towards your investment account, right. investing in your future. You put 10% uh, uh, paying off your debt. You put 10% towards your own uh, development education. However you struck, however you manage your money, after that, then how to invest money? Because I think I don't care what you do, as an employee, as an entrepreneur, whatever. I think we all need, nowadays, we all need to be investors. We all need to have a side investment business. How do you make the money work for us? Right. So we're not working for money uh, for our entire lives. Funny thing is people who put down money, people who have negative association with money, people who condemn the rich, the wealthy, those are the ones who are slaves to money. People who master money, they don't think money is evil. Money is just neutral. Just just piece of paper. That's all. That's all it is. Right. It's not bad. It's like if I hold up a hundred dollar bill, if I crumple it, I put it on the floor and I step on it, I pick it up, it's still a hundred dollar bill. Just a piece of paper. Nothing more than an idea, if you think about it. Yeah, that's really good. Point. Whatever it's you can think of it as a tool. You can use it to do evil things. You can use it to do great things. Right. Just like a gun. You can use it to hurt people, or you can use it to protect people. It's got nothing to do with a gun. So it has nothing to do with the money. But people get so, it's such an emotionally charged topic. Yeah. We get all crazy about it. Yeah, religion, money, politics. All that. Yeah. All that. Okay. I'm curious now, because you mentioned before that about 95% of what you learn in school, you feel you don't use. Correct. So would you then, in your opinion, get rid of a lot of what we're teaching in terms of chemistry, math? No, okay. no. But I think we need more. So because we need scientists in school. We, we need doctors and we need lawyers. But we also need to nurture other talents. 
Okay. How come there isn't a class on how to be a rock star? <laughs> how come there isn't a class on how to be a swimming teacher? I don't know. Like there are many, many talents, many hobbies, many how to be a professional pianist. Why is it not in the school system? Why is it we just so focused on just academic intelligence and we completely ignore and that's very, very ignorant. Ignore all these other talents. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Keep those, because there are people who like science. We need those people in our society. Great, do that. But what about, I'm, I'm, I have no interest being a scientist. Why am I spending all my time learning things that I don't like, that I hate, that I'm not, I'm not even going to use? And people spend one year, two years, three years, four years of their life learning stuff you'll never use. Why not spend that four years learning stuff that I'm, I love, I'm passionate about, that I would love to, to build a career in? Why not do that? But we're so restricted to, nope, 101, 202, you got to take these courses, requirements, right. mandatory. But says who? You know, I've talked to a teacher friend of mine, and I've kind of discussed something like this, and we, or he, he thinks that it, it's a lot of kind of insecurity. Yes. Right, because if we don't do that, the academic stuff, I think we're not sure if we can make it, you know, without, like if we want to do art, you know, or we want to be a dance teacher, like, yes. like how are we going to do that? Like, how are we going to make money, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that as people, it, we have a hard time connecting the dots about how to get there. And I think that stops a lot of us. But if you look at the fact, that security is an illusion. Because if, it's, if there is such a thing as a security, then why are so many university graduates can't get a job? Why are so many MBAs desperate for work? Why PhDs can't even work in the lab? You tell me. So that doesn't work, especially now things are changing so fast, it doesn't work. Somebody asked me the question, if they want to do business with me, Dan, do you have an MBA? And I said, well, I I have an MBA, but it's a, not the type of MBA you think about. I have a massive bank account. <laughs> you know, does that count? Uh, so, marketplace pays for value. Right. And what determines your value is your skills. If you have skill sets that you can deliver value to the marketplace, you can produce results for people, you can solve a problem for them, the marketplace will always pay you for that. Versus now all the students, they have they think I have this certificate, I have this diploma, I have this degree, and this paper would, piece of paper would get me jobs. Right. Not true. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's not true. So it's an illusion. It's not true. Yeah, it's just a receipt. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And that's almost nowadays, that's just the starting point, my friend. Yeah. The school starts after you graduate. But funny thing, I forgot what the, what the numbers was, but it's like 80% of adults after they graduate from university don't read another book. Some, yeah. some crazy numbers. Okay, so if you think about that, most people stop learning. Oh, I'm done. I, I graduate. Don't need to learn anything. Don't need to read another book. Don't need to educate myself. And that's the problem. It's a wrong mentality. You know, um, in my opinion, that's because of we're teaching them stuff that they're not interested in. Correct. And I think that if if we do kind of some of the things you were saying, we excite them, get them involved in stuff they enjoy. Yes. I don't see why kids wouldn't love it. That's it. 
and why, continue why to don't do it. we take the time as simple as when they get into the system, let's say before they go to university, instead of parents, hey, you should take this or you should take that. Why not do a survey, do a test, find out what are their natural talents are, what are their personality types, what they should focus on, what they would naturally excel in. It's as simple as that. But nobody does it. They try to fit them into this box. That's right. It's so simple as now there's just so many strength, uh, like there's a book out there called Strength Finders, um, a lot of different personality tests. If the person's naturally outgoing and love to talk to people, why do you, if just because the parents think you should be a doctor, you should do this, or should be a lawyer, no, they should, no, I want to do something else. I want to be a traveler. I want to do all these other things. But the this, this system doesn't, doesn't allow you to do that. As simple as that. Finding out, how about just having a simple conversation, for God's sakes. What, what, what do you want? What are your, what's your vision? What inspires you? What excites you? Treat them as adult. Right. And I think you'll be amazed. I think a lot of students, they do know what they want, but they suppress it because the, the norm, because society pressure, because parents, of course, parents. There's a certain way of, you should do this, you shouldn't do that. Right. But parents, same thing. You never ask, what do you want to do when you grow up? Not, more, not what my expectation for you is, but what do you truly want? Right. That's a very good question to ask. I, I want to get into a little bit about the actual kind of planning of education now. Mm -hmm. Because like I'm doing with you today, I'm talking with a businessman. Yes. And I don't think education has done that mm -hmm. in a big way. I yeah. think for the most part, it's sort of, um, you know, it's the teachers becoming administrators yeah. and then going and trying to redirect the curriculum, right? Yeah. And I'm wondering just from your experience, who do you think we should kind of include in the discussion about where education should go? I think just more, more professionals, more professionals from all types of industries that they can contribute. Example, I'm an entrepreneur that we can contribute to, to the system of how can we make this better? How can we more, make more efficient? Uh, even now the whole school system, as you know, that uh, it's, this is the public school system. It's not rewarding, and, and don't get me wrong, I have a lot of respect for teachers. I'm a teacher myself, Yeah, a different type of teacher. But the system is not rewarding better performance. It's not rewarding creativity. The teachers, also teachers, are doing a lot of stuff that it's, has nothing to relate it with education. Uh, and bogged down by all these details and, and tasks when their job is to inspire and nurture the kids. But they only spend a only small amount of time because they've got to do all these other things, right? right. So uh, I would say uh, with the existing system, uh, different professionals from all types of industries, just imagine having a mastermind, having a, a, a brainstorm of that, that what, what could happen. Right. It's like TED Talk. Why is it so fascinating? Because yeah. it's all types of people, all kinds of topics. It's not what you, it's, you don't know what they're going to talk about. Yeah. You don't know what the speaker is going to say. And it's, it's putting together the, the best, the most brilliant people on the planet together on a platform. And in 20 minutes, 18 minutes, 16 minutes, they share their best ideas and strategies and resources and experience. And that's why people love it. Yeah. 
That's why people, and they, I think the school system needs to do more of that. Beautiful. All right, so if there was one thing you think the school system needs to change right now, what would you say that is? Wow, the one thing that needs to change. Hmm, let me think. I think just be as simple as taking the first step and being a little bit more flexible. Looking at, at the fact that our system, and I know a lot of teachers, they're already trying, they're trying to change that. Yeah. But because there's so much democracy, there's so much resistance they, they're getting. Even people want to do something, it's very difficult for them to yeah. do. They, they hit the resistance, they hit the wall. Uh, I say just being more, a little bit more flexible, looking at, hey, you know what? Five years ago, no, very not that many people using social media. Well, maybe there should be a class on, on how to use social media. Right. Maybe how do you deal with Facebook? How do you, how do we manage our time? How do we deal with uh, even cyberbullying? These issues that we didn't experience many years ago, now people are experiencing every day. But the school system doesn't talk about that. So I think just being open and flexible enough that let's. I'm not asking the school system to change like overnight, but how about just take that little step? Right. Let's just do that. Let's look at the fact that, you know what, what we're teaching guys is out of date. Can we maybe add this piece? Maybe how about add that piece? And, and, and maybe change a few things here. Maybe just that. And I think if we can do that, I think that builds momentum, and people can, the parents, uh, the students, they would see a, a different result a different perspective, I think that would get the ball rolling. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so I've observed just by my experience, I've done a little bit of entrepreneurship myself, mm -hmm. that like my attitudes change towards wealth and it's and I think that it can be learned and I'm just wondering what you think about whether or not kids can be taught about how to be wealthy or can everyone learn to be wealthy? 100%, absolutely. It's not, think when you are born at the hospital, when, we, we, when you were just a baby, nobody appoints, okay, this baby is going to be wealthy. No, that baby is not going to be wealthy. Oh, that baby is going to be wealthy. It, it's, a, it's a learnable skill. It's a learnable skill. It's like swimming. It's like asking me, can everyone learn how to swim? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Almost everyone can learn how to swim. Can you learn how to ride a bike? Yeah, if give enough time with the proper training, yes. So it's the same thing with money. Now, not everyone can be an entrepreneur, because not everyone is suitable to be an entrepreneur, but everyone can be wealthy. It goes back to, if you manage your money properly, you invest your money properly, uh, everybody can accumulate a pretty good nest egg when they retire, and retire comfortably. So yes, the answer is absolutely. And I think we should all learn how money works. Very nice. Um, we're getting pretty close to the end here. So is there, is there anything else that's kind of on your mind that maybe I haven't brought up that you think people need to know about? I just want to say I think it's very nice to see a, an, a, an ambitious, smart young man like you, like you, just doing a project like this and, and getting out to the, to the world because I think people need to hear this message. Uh, and our, it's time, it's time that we do something about it. 
maybe, who knows, maybe we cannot change the school system. It's very difficult. But maybe we can get inspired enough people, we can get them to maybe make some changes in their thinking. Maybe to take more responsibility uh, for their own education, not just formal education. Right. Maybe as a parent, we can be a little bit more open-minded. Uh, if we have done that with this interview, I think this project is, is worthwhile. Wow, thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, well, I think that's about it. Um, I just want to say to Dan, thank you very much for being here today. I found it fascinating, and I'm hoping that everyone watching this will as well. So thank you very much. Thank you.